have any in-law drama? Do you want to hear about some? That Maybe. isn't yours. <laughs> yeah, it's not yours. We're going to get into it. We're in Genesis chapter 25. You're listening to Between the Lines. Before we jump into this in-law drama, though, Dad, what happened this last weekend? Yeah, well, we were chapter 24, we actually had divided up into two sections for the reading because it, it's a pretty long chapter, and it's a, it's a cool chapter. So those of you that read, congratulations, way to go. I'm proud of you. And for those of you who didn't read, you lazy bums, you should go back and read it because it was actually really good. Yeah. This was where Abraham, he's getting up there in years, and his wife Sarah, or Sarah, she, her name was changed. Uh, Abraham's wife Sarah passed away, and and he'd buried her. But then he sent his Eliezer, his faithful servant, back to his homeland, to the Chaldeans, and to find a, a good wife from his own countrymen for mm-hmm. Isaac. And just fascinating how that whole takes place and, and Eliezer, how he prays and how God brings along just the right woman. And then Isaac, the first, when he first sees his new wife, Rebecca, he falls in love with her almost immediately. It, yeah. It's really a cool chapter. I think this so. is maybe what some Christian singles wish for, to just pray and then yeah. God brings across the right person. And sometimes yeah. that happens and sometimes you have to wait a little bit. Yeah. But here we are, Genesis chapter 25. Dad, you want to start? Because there's a lot of names yep. in here. You bet. So, <laughs> And let's, rem- yeah, let's remember, too, that Abram's wife, Sarah, has passed away. She's yep. been gone a while, in fact. And so it wasn't like the next week he married another woman. But that's how we start in verse 1. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Man, this guy was quite viral in his old age, yes, I don't have was. to say. Jokshan fathered Sheba and Dedan. Uh, I'm just making up the, how these are pronounced. So yeah. I, but I, I'm pretty sure it's very accurate because you know I'm really good with. You're saying it confidently. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's what matters. The sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Letshuhim, Leumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abadah, and Eldaah. You know, I wonder when people pick out Bible names, why don't they go to some of these? That would be kind of cool. <laughs> all these were the children of Keturah. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. So these these kids were left out. It was actually fitting for the times because it was always the eldest son. Even though Ishmael was the eldest son, Isaac was chosen to be the promised. He was the one that God had promised. And Ishmael was kind of born out of a lack of faith from Abraham's perspective. But then verse 6, but to the sons of the concubines, Abraham gave gifts, and while he was still living, he sent them all away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. So he still provided for them, but uh, separated them from where Isaac was going to grow up and have his family. Verse 7, these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man full of years, and was gathered to his people. I have to say, it's almost like losing a friend. You know, we've been on Abraham for quite a while here. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. And now he dies. Yeah. Happy Monday. Just <laughs> <laughs> can feel like that, though. Well, it's going to happen for all of us. That's right. Um, Isaac, verse 9 Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, east of Mamre. That's, that was the field that he had bought for Sarah. The, yeah, well, that, that's what it says in verse 10. The field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites, there Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac settled in Berlahiroi. These are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in order of their birth. 
Now, you really looked ahead of this. Yes, I totally <laughs> did. So this is fantastic. Because it's been me the last couple Woo. of times. Yeah. It's a bunch of hard names to pronounce. We could just Na- put it that way, starting verse 16 Nabioth. if you want. No, I, I, this right. is fun for okay. me. Nabioth. <laughs> <laughs> the firstborn of Ishmael and Kedar and Abdeel and Mibsim. I'm just hoping we have some young couples of of childbearing age that are picking up on some of these names. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. The order of their birth, Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael and Keter and Abiel and Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, and Massa, and Heda, Tima, Jetur, Nefesh, and Kidma. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names by their villages and by their encampments. Twelve princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael. 137 years he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. In other words, that's when they say gather because the way they would bury them, they were they were laid out, first of all, and after a year, after uh, the body had decomposed, and they would gather the bones together. Yeah. And they would actually, the bones would be in a bone box with the rest of their family. And it's kind of part of the grieving process. You have a family member mm-hmm. passed away a year later, then you go gather up their bones. And there is that finality of I am looking at my loved one's bones. They are gone. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a, a healthier way of grieving, I think, the, the modern movement of not even having funerals any longer, but instead mm-hmm. of funerals, everybody wants to call them celebrations. And I, yeah. I always discourage that. And I, I don't mean to offend anybody who's listening, but while we do celebrate the person's life, th- grieving is a process that we as human beings need to go through. And when we are unwilling to grieve, yeah. we never really get through it no. properly. No. In fact, there's I can't remember the um, – it may have been Henry David Thoreau, the, uh, the famous poet mm-hmm. – he was he did not grieve his wife very well when she passed away mm-hmm. and after a year he did something crazy but um the story goes that he peeked into her coffin like oh she was in a you know um where they bury him in the wall you know yeah. he actually yep. took a look at her and saw her dead and grieved for a week and then he said it was at that moment that I was able to move on but I spent wow. a whole year not being able to move on because I never actually grieved interesting all right, verse 18, they settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. He settled over against all his kinsmen. Okay, okay. so you can pick up from yeah, here since we got all the names. All right, Sorry, I think most here we of go. So now us. we enter into a new narrative now. So that was Abraham, and now we're Ishmael. into the... Yeah, yes. We're, so we're going into Isaac, and we just went through, it basically was closing the door on this because yes. it went through the offspring yeah. of Ishmael. So we get a little bit of Isaac now, but it's mainly going to be Isaac's kids at this point. But mm-hmm. this is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he well, married I was reading Rebecca. in the ESV there, wasn't I? Wow. Look at that. Oh. Uh, That's all right. So I got to switch over to the NLT. That's all right. Verse 20, when Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Armin, the Armian from Padam Aramean, I think. R A R A M E A N. Aramean. I would that would Aramean? Aramean. The Aramean. Hmm. Okay. From from But you can pronounce it would be like Aramean from today though. It's spelled well, different. That's Armenian. Right. No, this is Aramean. It's spelled like A R A because it was Ara. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People are getting a lot yeah, of they're, they're getting so a lot of spiritual food out of this. Yes, that's right. So married this this girl from Padan Aram and the sister of Laban the Aramine. Now Laban, I think, because Laban is the guy that Isaac winds up going to. So I think we would yeah. say Laban and not Laban. Okay. We'll call him Laban. Verse 21, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. 
But the two children struggled with each other in the womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. You kind of wonder what's going on there, like wrestling mm-hmm. around or just trouble in the trouble in the womb. She's uncomfortable. And the Lord told her, verse 23, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. And your older son will serve your younger son. When the time, when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they called him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. So these are the grandchildren of Abraham. Mm -hmm. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman. But Jacob was a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. So you have Esau, who would have loved Cabela's, and Jacob, (laughs) who would have loved... I don't know, pottery barn or something. (laughs) Verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game, going to Cabela's. Esau brought home what what Esau brought home, but Rebecca loved Jacob. One day, and this this happens quite a bit, right? Siblings, favoritism. Yeah, favoritism, it always leads to disaster. Man, oh man, does it lead to disaster. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Now, what, what's happening there? Trade me your rights as the firstborn son. So this is a birthright, which would have been, if you think about it, it would have been precious. You couldn't put a price yeah, tag on this. The, the birthright, uh, it was it was both in the inheritance because the person with the birthright, which was typically the firstborn, and the person with the birthright then inherited the vast majority of the wealth. Yeah. Virtually all of the wealth was in control anyway right. of the wealth with a responsibility to care for the other yeah. siblings. But with this family, it would have been even more so because not only do you get the wealth, which is a lot of wealth in this family, but God had promised this family, I'm going to be with you, and through your line, I'm going to bring about the Messiah. So the birthright meant that God's going to be working through this line even more so. Yes, and this, I believe, what you're talking about there is the blessing. Yeah. So, and, I, and I, you know, I've heard different aspects of this, that the birthright was not necessarily the same thing as the blessing, even though they're tied together. Okay. This is why what we have, what's going to take place here, that not only was the birthright already traded, but then you're going to have that drama with Esau and Jacob, where Jacob deceives his dad in order to get yeah, the blessing. Yeah, which we'll get to that. Yeah, which we're getting to that right now, actually. Mm-hmm. So Jacob says, sell me your birthright for the stew. And a lot of times you look at it and be like, why would anybody Why would anybody do that? But we do that all the time. Many of us, we trade a relationship with our family for screen time on our yeah. phone. You know, mm-hmm. something invaluable like a family for a stupid phone or drugs. Or uh, we, we trade a marriage for a relationship. It we trade all the, the time. permanent for temporary. Yes. That's what he's doing yes. here. Jacob said, first you must swear to me that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. Esau ate the meal and got up and left. And that's just a tragic thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stew was gone and so was his birthright. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. It is a tragic story. In fact, I remember you doing a sermon on this, I believe when we... 
We did the opening after, because I'm an opening yeah. in person. Big service after, after COVID, COVID. an outdoor service. Yeah, yeah, it was a powerful, really a powerful message. But there's, there's some real power in this text if we can yeah. take this personally and apply it ourselves. Yeah. Even looking at today, where are the areas that I'm trading the permanent for something that's just so temporary because I'm yeah. hungry right now or yeah. horny right now right. or craving some material good? And we wind right. up trading away things that are really going to matter down the road right. in order to get something that's so very temporary. Because from here on out, what will happen is God will introduce himself to his people as I am the God of Abraham, of Jacob, mm-hmm. and of Isaac. Of Isaac and, and it should Jacob. have been of Esau. It should have been of Esau. But Esau traded all of that for a bowl of stew. And how often do we do that? Well, the we family in- drama, by the way, is, is not going to end here. We're going to see a lot more of this yeah. coming down the pike. In fact, it's yeah. a lot of it going on in, in the week. Yes, uh, so that yeah. in-law drama is coming up. Actually, we're going to get into that tomorrow, mm-hmm. I believe. Proverbs chapter 27, we're going to focus on verse 4, which says, Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. <laughs> now, we don't often think that way. because no. We think of an angry person, and yeah, they do ruin their relationships. They can ruin families. Anger is awful and can destroy a home. But the- jealousy kills even more according yeah. to scripture and the differentiation i think between the anger and the wrath is that the anger is, is is probably that word meaning the seething internal resentment bitterness yeah. the wrath is the Action explosive yelling and those things are horrible that, that'll destroy your relationships and if you got issues with those things you got to deal with that yeah. and you should get some help in dealing with that but yeah you're right the point that solomon is making here is that jealousy yeah. It's even worse. Yeah. And it's even more silent. You can't really see, you can mm-hmm. see anger and, and, and mal- wrath, but you cannot necessarily see jealousy, but it infects and it kills. Most of us will admit to our guilt when it comes to anger. Yeah. Few of us admit no. to issues with jealousy. Right. Yep. All right. Well, that was the Monday text. A lot happened, but make it a, make it a good day today. And Focus on the permanent. That's right. Focus on the permanent. Do not trade the permanent for the temporary. Don't be Esau today. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow.